to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe to my show. Follow me on Twitter at Cartoon Therapy or the show at Strict Anonymous. And write a review if you can. I always love to get reviews uh, on either iTunes or Stitcher. Um, today I'm going to get right into the call or I'm going to get right into telling you about the guy that I have on the podcast today, because when I got his email, I was like, holy shit. I mean, Craigslist has always been the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but when I got this guy's email, I was like, oh, he is really interesting. And this is going to be a great podcast because this guy has, uh, done it all. But what I thought would be interesting is to, uh, first I'm going to read you the ad that I responded to. I used to post ads online and then people would write in and be like, I want to be on the show. And I still do that. Um, but what I also do now is I look for people's ads and I send them an email like, Hey, I run a podcast that, you know, would you like to be on it and talk about like what you're doing here? Um, and I get a lot of people that way too. I remember when I saw this ad, I didn't think I should even respond to this because I didn't think it was like would be enough content for a podcast because it was just like this. So um, so let me first read you the ad that I replied to for him. The subject line was got something to make me want to suck cock question mark man. And it was in the man for man section. And it said just got finished watching a bunch of glory hole videos makes me want to suck a cock myself. Problem is I'm married and straight. Anyone know of any kind of medicine or such that I can take that will put me in the mood to suck a cock. <laughs> I just think it would be cool to make someone come on my mouth or on my face. Any advice would be appreciated. So I was like, okay, I'll email this guy. I didn't think I was going to get a lot of content out of him because this is just like some, you know, guy that has like a gay fantasy that wants to blow someone on the side. I don't know. Um, and I've had a lot of guys like that in the past. Um, but he wrote me back and we emailed a little bit. And he finally said he was going to be on the show and he sent me an email explaining his deal. And this is the email that he sent me. I'm going to read you the email, um, even though it's kind of long, to give you, so because it will basically give a summary of everything that goes down on this podcast and all the shit that you're going to hear because it's a lot and it's really interesting. So he wrote, hey, Kathy, I listened to a part of a few of your podcasts and I am intrigued. Here's my story in a nutshell. I'm in my early 40s, have been married for close to 20 years. My wife is a good little Christian girl and I'm the only person she has ever had sex with. Until about 10 years ago, she was the only person I had ever had sex with. There is no, that is no longer the case. Over the past 10 years, I have sexual encounter. I have had, have had sexual encounters with approximately 400 men and women. She nor anyone else I, who knows me has any idea what I do. I have a number of fetishes, including giving nude hot oil massages to women, panties, wearing them, buying them from women, stealing them from women, receiving and, and performing oral sex through glory holes, having sex with couples in adult movie theaters, photo uh, photographing amateur models, 
and sometimes having sex with them afterwards, videoing women giving me blowjobs. I'm an import, a porn addict and a compulsive masturbator. At times, I will masturbate for four to five hours straight. I, kiss, I keep a list of all my sexual encounters I have participated in over the past 10 years so that I can recall and relive all of them. I am a shy, quiet guy, but I'm more talkative when I drink alcohol or use ecstasy, the latter in which I just started using a few months ago. I'm considered by family and acquaintances to be an upstanding person who does no wrong. I have them all fooled. We'll probably get caught one day and my world will come crashing down but so far the risk is worth the reward <laughs> and that's him in a nutshell so we ta- we i ask him about all that stuff like this guy has been there done that he's uh his sort of sexual addiction has sent him down uh, or has gotten him into many interesting situations um and he gives all the details about all the stuff that he's done um with all those uh, 400 men and women um, on this podcast. So I'll be right back on with Ken. That's his name. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous. Hey, is this Ken from Chicago? <laughs> Ken, yes, right? Yes, hi. Hey, how you doing, yes. Ken? Good, how are you? I'm good. So I was just rereading over um, your ad that you posted on Craigslist as well as the emails we exchanged just to remind myself of your story. Um, a lot of times I don't read the whole email um, on my intro, but for yours, I'm definitely going to read your email because your email was like amazing. It was like there was so much shit that you when you gave me the history of like the stuff that you've done. There was just so much in there that I just want to make sure that we cover everything <laughs> on this oh, call. So yeah. Um, but the funny thing was, was I responded to an ad of yours. You had placed an ad online and I looked over that really quickly, too, because I'm like, what was that initial thing that I responded to? And really what it was was you were just like you wanted to suck some cock. You had well, you put on there that you like watched some glory hole videos and you were married and you were straight. But you wanted to figure out how to give someone a blowjob or something like you were jonesing to give someone head. And that's what you were looking for. And I figured, oh, I'll reach out to this person and maybe I'll get a 10 minute, you know, 10 minutes of content from that person. And I'll, you know, mash it in with some other stuff because we're just going to talk about blowjobs. Right. But it turned out you're a lot more than a guy that just wants to give a guy a blowjob. Like you've done a lot of stuff. You yeah, like your first sentence was you've been married to like a straight up like very Christian woman. Um, And, you know, everything that we're going to talk about is a total secret, right? Because you live a very, very double life. Like you said, most people in your life or everybody in your life thinks you're like this really upstanding citizen. Yet you're doing all this crazy shit behind everyone's back. And basically you start off saying you've been with over or around or over, I don't know, 400 men and women behind your wife's back while you guys have been married. How long have you guys been married for? Uh, 19 years. Right. And now, like, this, all this cheating and everything, like, what, has this been from the get-go? Like, did you start no. off? Okay. So, like, how did that happen? Like, were you, a like, a straight Christian person, too, and then you just turned into this person? Or were you always sort of freaky, but you've just never been able to be honest about it in your relationships? Um, the, the latter one. I, I've never been Christian. Mm-hmm. 
I was always a good guy until hit like early thirties and then something just clicked and I started doing this stuff. Okay. So you were always pretty straight laced yourself. Like you had never been with men or any of that stuff before you got married. Right. My my wife was my first and my only until like, Oh, you're kidding. She, you lost your virginity with your wife. How old were you when you met her? Um, like 20, 19, 20. Okay, and so and you guys married like right away, and and did you wait till you were married to have sex, or did you have sex before that? We did not wait, no. But okay, if, if my wife could do it over again, then we would wait. Oh, okay. So she's Christian. very Christian. Yeah. Do you guys have kids? We have two sons. Okay, and so so you guys were married. What? How old were you guys when you were married? Like, what? How old? At what age did you guys get married? Um, I was. 22 and she's 20 so after about eight years or so of marriage you at like you said at age 30 something sort of clicked and you just started to have fantasies about men and cheating and all this kind of stuff like what happened at 30 that well, well it, yeah i mean that the fantasies weren't about men initially it was about other women mm-hmm. and then eventually men became involved too it's, it's more just i consider myself straight Mm-hmm. But even though I've been with a lot of men, I just kind of sometimes you settle for a man when you can't find a woman. Yeah, I've had. Let time. me tell you, it's not the first time I've heard that, I, you know, at all. I've heard that from other men. And I will tell you, and I don't know what you feel about the whole sex addiction thing, but I've heard that from other men who have called into the show who label themselves as sex addicts and believe that that just like what happened was eventually they just needed more kind of stuff to get off. And if it was a guy, it was a guy or it was just anything to sort of get that rush. And so I have heard it. And I like I like I remember when I heard it for the first time, not really understanding and thinking like a lot of people are going to think like here you are getting fucked in the ass by a tranny or whatever you're doing or you're sucking some guy's dick and you say you're straight. Some people are going to call bullshit to that. Right. But in his right. mind, he thought the same thing. And like, here you are another guy. And I find it really interesting because, you know, I would never sort of think that that's the way someone would think. But, you know, I guess there's a lot of people out there. I don't know if you consider yourself a sex addict or what you sort of if you even believe in that label, because some people don't believe in that. But how did you but you consider yourself straight, even though you've been with tons of guys? Yes, if that's possible. Mm hmm. Well, it is possible for you, right? Because that's what you... Let me ask you this, because I I think everyone has a way of rationalizing things, right? To believe it, to make themselves believe whatever they want to believe, right? So is there certain things that you don't do with a man? Like, Like, I think one guy was like, he would fuck the guy, but he wouldn't let the guy fuck him. So that made him feel like he was more straight, right? Are you a top and a bottom, or are you just a top? Like, what's your deal when it comes to guys? With guys, the mm-hmm. only thing I I plan on doing is oral. I, I I have no interest in anal sex. I have no interest in like kissing them or mm-hmm. hugging them or stuff like that. It's just it's just all about oral, to right? Be honest. And but you want to give them oral. It's not just about receiving oral, right? It's also giving oral because that's the ad that I saw that I responded to. Is you it, were looking it, to give well, oral, you, right? You, you you picked the wrong ad to look at for me, but anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I, like like ninety percent of the time, uh-huh. um, I prefer to receive oral from them. Mm-hmm. But then there's that that ten percent of the time where 
you know, I just get in this mood usually when I'm intoxicated and you just you know, need something extra dirty to get you off that day. Um, just sometimes I feel like I want to do something to demean myself. Really? And that's just like yes. what it turns you on. Yes. And that's demeaning to you to give a guy a blowjob is what you're saying? Well, it, it's something a married fellow should not be doing. So deviant, maybe deviant is a better word. Yeah, right, right. But you do also feel like it demeans you in a certain way because I guess it's probably like because you're intoxicated and you're doing it. It's probably not something you would do when you're straight. So it's something like sort of maybe beneath you. So it makes you feel bad about yourself. But in that moment, somehow it's what you're interested in doing. Yeah, in a weird way that makes sense. Like I get it. It's human nature crazy shit, you know? It's like psychological stuff. It's like psychology 101. <laughs> you know, I it's not like I haven't heard this stuff before, like for real. Um, but like so so it started with you just wanting to be with other women and like what happened? Like how did you cheat that first time? Like what was that what happened that first time? Um, my wife went out of town with mm-hmm. a friend and I just saw that as an opportunity to, uh, you know, be with another woman, basically. And But where did you find that woman? Like, was it premeditated? Like, were you thinking about it for a while before you acted on it? Like, um, It was so long ago. It was like 15 years ago. So it's right. hard to remember my, my right, thought but, process back then. But, right. Um, but where but, did um, you meet the girl? Like, was it someone that you, so did you just go out and pick up a girl? Did you put out an ad online? Was it someone from work? Like, who did you fuck that first time? Um, well, this was, like I said, 15 years ago. So it was kind of pre, you know, Craigslist and internet. Right. Mm-hmm. When the internet was big. So I went old fashioned and I looked in the yellow pages under the uh, escorts. Oh, okay. So you paid for it. Yes. I wasn't interested in, like, you know, having an affair and a, a relationship and all this. I just wanted to have sex with someone other than my wife because uh, it just doesn't seem natural to me to only have sex with one person your entire life. Right. But that had, but you had never, like, considered that beforehand, right? Like, all of a sudden something just clicked at 30? Or were you always, while you were married, kind of like, oh, been there, done this. This no, is yeah. getting kind of boring. No. I guess just, um, no, I didn't always think that way. Just over time, it started to evolve slowly and just to where I finally pulled the trigger and did it. Mm -hmm. And then once you did it, you're like an extremist, right? I mean, you really like, because I mean, the stuff that you go into, like a number of your fetishes, which I'm assuming you've sort of gotten into them, right? Like you say, you like... Yeah, they they all, they all evolved. They all just kind of popped up over time. It's not like I had them all. Mm-hmm. you know all in my mind and then I acted one and just kind of one happened and then a few months later years later another one pops up and just got into more and more stuff as I get deeper into it right and how did that go it just went from like screwing like hookers or escorts whatever that you found online and then when you say you like to give like n- like nude hot oil massages to women would you do that at like those happy ending places or would you um, hire no, women I, for I, that? Sometimes I would hire them. Sometimes they would do it for free and I would just go get a little motel room and mm-hmm. have them, have, yeah, just post, post it on Craigslist. And Right, so you started eventually posting on Craigslist to get all this stuff going, right? I mean, did you stick with yeah, a lot of yeah, prostitutes or did you find a lot of women no, on no, Craigslist? No, no. no it's pr- pretty much been all Craigslist for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. I, I did... 
you know, like, so after that first time I did the yellow page thing, then after that I, um, went to one of the seedier places in town and went to like the massage parlors where you get a little bit more than a massage. And, mm-hmm. and, and you kept this a total secret, right? From every, like, are there any guy friends of yours that even know what you do or nobody knows? Not a single person I know knows what I do. Wow. And so how does that feel like, let me ask you this, like the first time, that first time you fucked that hooker, like, was it like the best sex you had ever had? Cause you had only been with your wife. Or did you feel bad yeah, afterwards? No, like, what was the deal? Like, what? How, do you remember? Um, it was definitely not the uh, best sex I ever had. It's actually probably one of the, the least pleasurable experiences I had. It was actually two women, mm-hmm. but they were both they were both kind of overweight, and that's not I'm not really into that. Right. And but but it was still you know it was it was still okay. Something that was fun because mm-hmm. I knew I shouldn't be doing it. And, did you have any sort of confliction about it because you had been monogamous and faithful and your wife was your first one, you know, for so long? Like, did you feel bad about it at all or like not at all? I felt bad to a degree, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys say this, but my wife is, I'm too, too much of a, uh, power to divorce her. Cause I don't want to do that to her, but she's just, she's, a miserable human being. <laughs> oh, oh! So, on top so of being makes, Christian, so, she's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that so that makes makes it a little easier to do what I do. Oh, okay. That. So it's not like you have like a, a an okay marriage and everything was fine there. I mean, you're like sitting there having a you you won't leave your wife. You don't believe in divorce. I do believe in it, but I don't want to do that to my children, mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose half my stuff. Right, so right. So you, you're, you're right. So you're sort of trapped, right? So you're just doing what you can do to survive. I mean, you and you and your wife don't get along, or, or does she? Do you secretly hate her, or does she know you can't stand her? Um, <laughs> yeah, there. Increasingly, she's becoming aware that I'm not real fond of her. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, that's like that's that's uh, that's tough. You know, I mean, that's like hard for anybody just emotionally, let alone like so I'm sure like because you can't stand her. The last thing you want to do is like fuck her. Right. Like, I mean, do you guys have any sex at all? We do. Um, it's becoming decreasingly less. Um, you know, it used to be once or twice a week and then it went to once a week and then once every two weeks. And now it's closer to once a month. Mm-hmm. How many times do you cheat on her a week? Like, is it a weekly thing? Is it a monthly thing? Um, I'd say on average, maybe twice a week. Mm-hmm. And you do every, like, are you a, someone who travels for business and you do a lot of this stuff, like on the down low in hotel rooms or stuff? Or do you do most of the stuff in your town, like in a hotel? Or like, where do you do it that you've never gotten caught? I do it all here in where I live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, in usually little hotels. Right. And how do you keep... But, but often, mm-hmm. often I, the, the, the person I meet with lets me come to their home. Oh, they do? Yes. Right. And how do you keep, like, the financial stuff? At, like, because you're paying for hotels and, like, you're paying for Craigslist. Like, do you have a separate credit card? Like, what do you, how do you keep that separate so you don't get busted? Because you have a lot to lose, really, you know, right? Yes. Um, everything is in cash. Oh, okay. Um, I... I I, I do the finances for the family I always have. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't really notice if I'm spending 100 or 200 bucks a month on outside fun. 
Right, right, right. I hear you. So you're taking these girls to really bad hotel rooms. <laughs> How much are these hotel rooms that you're taking her to, these women to? They're not really that expensive. No, thirty, forty bucks. Oh, okay. They're like I mean, the ones they, that you they, rent they, for they, like an hour. They're the typical no-tell motel, if you know that, that phrase. Right, right, right. Totally. Now, what about this panty fetish? So, like, how did it evolve? Like, I mean, it started with, like, the, the first two prostitutes that you hired, right? And they were like, okay. And then you started to post ads online. And what was the first fetish that you got into? Was it the hot oil massages? Um, yeah, that, that was, that, that's my favorite thing is I, I like to get nude with a woman and pour hot oil all over and massage her from head to toe. And typically it, it leads to more, but even if it doesn't, that's fine with me. What lead to sex? Yes. So that's okay if it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I prefer they do, but I respect if they don't want to go that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've had like couples um, have me come to their house to give the, the woman a massage and sometimes that's all they want me to do and I'm fine with that. But right. Sometimes they want to go further and I'm fine with that. And what happens, what have you gone for, like what's gone on with the couple? Like do you get it on with the guy and the woman or the guy and you double team the woman? Like, or have you done it all? All of the above, yeah. Right. And so when there was the... times where... Yeah, go on. Go ahead. No, you go on. <laughs> you have the good stories, um, not me. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, I mean, there have been times where, you know, like, um, he's fucking her from behind while she's fucking me, or she's sucking me while I'm sucking him. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And these couples you found, uh, I'm assuming, on Craigslist, right? Yeah, probably... 90% or more of everything I do nowadays is Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And then, so when was the first time that you got into men? Like, how long after you first cheated on your wife, how long did it take before it escalated that you decided to start, you know, getting or receiving oral sex from men or that you were into that? Like, when did that happen? Um. So after that first time with the two women, mm-hmm. the, the, the first time I had did anything with a man was probably a couple of years later, like at a... Uh, glory hole place. Mm-hmm. And how did you find that? Did you answer someone's ad or like, I mean, were you just like, no, uh, there's, there, there's in town, there's, um, you know, a place where there's a couple strip clubs and a quote adult, adult bookstore, unquote, where mm-hmm. there's more, more than books going on there. Right. So I just, you know, hopped into there to see what was going on. And I saw this little, booths with the porn in them and there's little holes in the wall. I'm like, huh, I wonder what those are for. And then something sucked through the hole and I'm like, okay, I see. And, and so wait, for those glory holes, when you went in, did you put your dick in it and then someone sucked you off or were they putting it in and you were sucking them off? Like, what was going down in that, that room? Um, they were sucking me, yes. They, like I said, I preferred to be sucked Right. So that was your first experience. So for you, you weren't even like for you, it could have been a woman or a man, right? It was just that you were just getting had from somebody. You couldn't even see them, right? It was just, it was just, yeah, exciting that you stick your cock through a hole and somebody's sucking it and you come in their mouth and wow, didn't realize that stuff happened. 
Yeah, right. I'm sure. I mean, like, and do you ever get worried though that, like, if you're in the, I mean, I guess Chicago's, you're in the city of Chicago, right? That, I mean, I don't know. Like, I would get nervous that somebody would one day see me walking in or out of there or anything, like, right? I mean, or I, I, I do, I do worry about that. But you know, the city is so big that I just count on the uh, largest, largest, largestness of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in a city, that's the best place to do it. If you were in like a small town and there was like one bookstore and like you know, you'd eventually get caught walking in or out of there, and everybody would know what was going down. There's probably places in New York that this shit's going down, and I don't know about them, but probably guys that I know know of them. You know. Uh, you know, it's just women don't, I guess if you're not into that stuff, you don't really know what's going on. But in cities, these kind of things exist, right? right? And they're like, I guess, in the back yeah, of bookstores. I mean, I didn't know what was going on until, like I said, you know, in my 30s, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I realized there was that kind of stuff going on. And I'm like, well, I want to check that out. And, and how did you start having sex with couples in adult theaters? Is that Did that come across in the same kind of way? Because you like, you found those you know, that glory hole place and the bookstore and then you founded these adult movie theaters or did you meet somebody that took you there? Like, how did you start having sex with them at the theater? With couples, um, you said you well, did it with couples. Yeah, like the place I went to, the glory hole place, um, after a few times I realized that aside from the, the downstairs area with the glory hole booth, there was also a, a quote, theater upstairs. Mm-hmm. And so one night I ventured up there and hung around a couple hours and a few couples came in and there you go. And, but no, but what happened? Like, so you're sitting there and like people are coming in and out and so a couple would come in and then what, how would you guys hook up? Um, so, um, like typically there'll be like six to eight guys up in the theater, you know, all intently watching the, the movie with the, uh, great, uh, plot mm-hmm. anyway so um <laughs> right uh, I, so every once in a while a couple will come up there and uh they'll sit down and um you know they'll typically they'll watch the movie and just sit there and then after a while they'll start touching each other and then typically the guys that have you know that are adventurous will walk up to them and pull their things out and see if uh the girl is into uh playing with other people than her men. Mm-hmm. And the first time that you were there, did you sort of become one of those guys that was adventuresome enough to do that? Or did you wait a couple times before you did that? Um, well, typically when I go to those places, I'm kind of intoxicated, which gives me a little bit more courage than I would normally have. Totally. Yeah. I, I would often be the first gentleman to uh, approach them and and so, and typically, like, do you get to fuck that woman and maybe get a blowjob from that guy? Is that what most couples are in there looking for? Um, I mean, it varies from couple to couple. Some don't want to do anything. They just want to be watched. Mm-hmm. Some will do everything. You know, they'll let, let, let you fuck their woman and get oral from her. Um, one time I was getting oral from the woman, and she asked me to suck her man's cock, so I obliged and... And other people are in there too, I'm assuming. So everyone's sort of being watched, right? On top of what oh, you're doing, yeah. right? Definitely, yeah. Was that like, what was the... Nobody, ho- nobody's, yeah. nobody's really there for the movies. <laughs> right. But it's not like you're watching Forrest Gump. I mean, there's just like sex on the screen too, right? So like, it's just... This, Correct. This, right. So it's basically like a swingers club, kind of with seats and popcorn. 
<laughs> Any popcorn right. at that movie theater? Probably not. You know, I've never seen popcorn there. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. Where's the popcorn? Um, so, right. So you they start. They have poppers, though. What's poppers? What's poppers? Oh, you've never heard of poppers? No. I mean, is that a sex thing sure or is it candy? Is it candy? Or it's a, a sex thing. No. no, no what's it's poppers? A sex thing. Um, poppers is technically it's um, like back in the old days when we used to have VCRs or the VCR head cleaner, uh-huh. like some type of liquid that you would put on the VCR mm-hmm. to clean it. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently somebody figured out that if you sniff that, it also gives you a quick high, mm-hmm. quick brief high. <laughs> so a lot nowadays, a lot of men use that to get them in the mood to do other stuff with men. Oh, really? And so they you would to, offer you that? You need to Google that. Yeah, no, no, I don't need to Google it. No, you're telling me about it right now. This is like free Google. I mean, I Google everything. (laughs) I could trust me. I Google everything. But no, you're (sighs) I never heard of poppers before. And I've talked to a lot of guys on my podcast at this point. Right. So I've heard I feel like I've heard it all. But uh, you're actually teaching me something here. Poppers. And so what, what do you mean? They offer that they have them lying around or you could purchase them or people pass them around. You, you purchase them at the, um, like at the front counter, like you know, five bucks or something. Just interesting. It's kind of like free drugs, right? Because you can't get busted for that. It's not illegal, right? But it's like no, whippets. it's totally legal, right? Yeah, it's totally legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, would you would you would do those poppers? Because I know that recently, we'll talk about this too. You recently got into some like doing some drugs on top of drinking a lot, right? Right? Like recently, you started doing I ecstasy. Just, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm forty something years old and. You know, up until like a year ago, I had never done anything illegal drug-wise. Mm-hmm. But um, in the last year, I've used ecstasy a few times, and I smoked meth once, and yeah. I, wow, you yeah. really are like a take-it-to-the-extreme kind of guy. Like, whatever you get into, you give it 115%. <laughs> Right? Like, I mean, if you're going to start cheating and have sex behind your waist back, you're going to do it all. If you get into drugs, I mean, you're going to do it all. You're that guy, right? Like, you no, take everything I, to extremes. No. Well, as far as drugs go, I, I really, it's not, I don't want to be doing them on a regular basis or mm-hmm. get addicted to them. I just like to do it once or twice a month when I'm doing sexual stuff I shouldn't be doing just to right. enhance that experience. I, you know, like, it's not like I'm sitting at work during the day going, oh, I wish I could do ecstasy or math. Right, right, totally. But listen, you know what? You should just take, just be careful with that stuff because if you one day try heroin, I dated two, I dated one guy who had done heroin before I was with him. He was nine years sober, but he told me all about it. And one guy that was snorting heroin while I was with him and I didn't find out till after. So I know a little bit about it. And so that kind of stuff, because like, what happens with a lot of things, whether it's like the sex, just like with your sexual experiences, like you need sort of more eventually just to sort of get off, right? Things escalate. That's what happens with drug use too. So just be careful since you're the type that will be like, oh, you'll try that, right? Since you don't have the intention and you don't really, you don't have the life right now is you're not set up that you could you know become a full-fledged drug addict and survive right like you you can't afford that in your life so just be careful what you sort of try because certain things are just physically addictive and you could get fucked and you could wind up to be addicted to something without 
any intention of it, you know, especially because you tried meth and stuff. Some people would never try that, but like you did, you know, so just be careful if you go, if someone ever offers you heroin or anything, because that's very addictive and you could be totally fucked. So just watch that if you really don't want that to happen to you. You know, I would try to put a, a, you know, a hold on that if you can really be conscious about that, you know, and especially when you're drinking, because it seems like when you drink, you know, all rational shit goes out of your head. I don't drink for 12 years, so I get that whole thing, okay? But, and I, I know what it's like to be really fucking wasted and, like, your whole sense of, like, right and wrong goes out the window and you'll do anything. You know, I was that person, so I totally understand. So that's – you have to be careful if that's the kind of person you are, you know, when you drink. Because that could be the thing that leads you to things. So just watch out because if you don't want to get divorced and you're staying with your wife for your kids, you know, and you don't want to get caught and stuff like that's that's a slippery slope when you're doing that kind of stuff. I mean, even the sex stuff, too, a little bit, you know, because do you wear condoms? Are you pretty safe when you do all your stuff? Um, I'm not as safe as I should be. Right. Yeah. See, you there's something there's something with you. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I screen my um, encounters pretty well to where I feel safe enough not to use a condom. Although yeah. I, I, I realize you never know. I realize you never know. Yeah. No, listen, you're definitely the type of person because you also listen. I mean, I'm got, I have to out you here because everything is like stripped totally anonymous but totally honest on my show right and like when you were emailing me and this has happened to me before you're not the first one you sent me a picture of you like fucking some woman right like you're like hey i know you didn't ask but here's a picture of my last encounter and it was totally a picture of you with like a naked woman on top of you your face wasn't in there or anything but i've had other guys do that and that to me is somebody that like is a little bit of a boundary pusher is a little naughty likes to kind of do things that response yeah, whatever oh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, and so it's like you have, you definitely have that side in, and sometimes I think like that, not using the condom stuff. It's like you just like to sort of see what you could get away with, right? Right. And all that stuff is good in theory, but that's where you have to really be careful too. You probably, you probably really should use a lot of condoms because I've said this before in my podcast. I'm a woman. I have a lot of friends. I can't tell you how many of my girlfriends I found out at some point had herpes and never tell anyone and fuck guys without condoms and they have herpes. Okay. It's just, or HPV. I know a guy that has HPV and he fucks tons of women and he never uses a condom and he, he gives it to every fucking girl he's with. Okay. So people are full of shit. And I've talked about this before, too, that the only people that really are sort of safe sexually are hypochondriacs because they're so paranoid about getting anything. Most people fuck without condoms because it's not fun to fuck with a condom, right? So, you know, because you have a wife and you go home and you still kind of fuck her and you don't want to get anything really that bad, I would be a little bit more careful. You kind of should. Have you ever had anything considering you've been with so many people and you're not that safe? Like, have you had anything like little that you just had to take antibiotics for? As far as I know, I haven't had anything. I, I get tested once or twice a year just to make sure I'm right. being cool. All right. Well, that's cool. I, I, I totally, I totally, real, totally realize my uh, risk taking. Yeah, you have that in you. I think there's something about it that you subconsciously like because that's, you know what I'm saying? Because there's like, you've said a lot of things. And then when you sent me that picture, I had another guy that was, he actually, while we were talking on the phone, he sent me like five pictures 
of him like fucking this woman and like all this stuff, you know, and it was like it was the same reason why you would do it. And it's that same person. And he was definitely someone that I would say, because I do believe in addiction. I'm an addict. I believe in it. And I do think that he was a little he was like a sex addict. I think there's something there's an addiction going on. Probably with you, I totally, too. totally agree. Right. Oh, totally agree. You know, and so that's why when you have an addictive personality, that's why you have to really be afraid of the drug stuff and everything because you just like you got addicted to all the stuff and you're, you know, you're a straight guy, but you're getting blown by guys. And sometimes you blow a guy like, you know, that's like sometimes shit happens. Like, you know, you take it to that level that that could happen with drugs, too. So you got you got to really, uh you know, be like almost two people. You got to know who you are and know what you're capable of for better and for worse, you know? And so if you know you're an addict and I know you're not looking to stop anytime soon at this point, you are still getting more than you're losing, right? With your addiction. It's not like you've hit any kind of bottom, right? You're still having a lot of fucking fun, fucking all these people, right? (laughs) I I know it'll happen sometime, but but I'm, not I'm anytime soon, right? So I'm just telling you at this point while you're having fun and you're still in the middle of it, you know, and you, if you want it to last, be be like a functioning addict and do it so it could last for a long time by doing it the right way, you know, trying to get a grip on it as much as possible. When did you get into the panties thing? Like, because you say that you have stole them from women. You wear them, yeah. you buy them, you steal them. Like, when did that whole panty thing come up? And like, who have you stole them from? I'm just like thinking, sitting here thinking like, oh my God, maybe I know some guys that have like stole panties from me. Like, how do you go about stealing them <laughs> from women? <laughs> um, I actually keep a list so I can remember who I've stolen them from, which is pretty pathetic. But hey. No, that's a very interesting Um, thing that we have to talk about, too, because you have kept a list of all of your sexual encounters, right? Because you like to remember them and relive them. Where is that book? Where is that book? Is it a book? Is it online? Where where, where do you keep it? It's just just a Word document that I type and keep in my email. In your Gmail account? Um, Yes. Is it a... I have... So, Mm -hmm. go ahead. No, you go. No, you don't want to talk about panties anymore? Oh, no, I do want to talk about panties. But this list, though, I just want to make sure. Is this Gmail account that you have, like a Gmail account that your wife knows nothing about? Correct. You have, yeah. like, how many pages? How many How many encounters have you had? Do you Are you, are they numbered? Um, Right now, it's 365. Okay, really? And do you put, how much detail is in that? Is it just sort of like one liner, like a log line for each Not encounter? Usually. Or is it like a paragraph? Three or four, three or four, three or four sentences. Right. Plus, it, I, plus, I, plus I keep the emails of, you know, who I've, you know, when I talk to someone over Craigslist, I keep the emails that we've sent back and forth. Mm-hmm. So then you could go back to that and see all that stuff too. Right. Interesting. And so, and so you use that to refer to like maybe to like jerk off to or whatever. Like what is the purpose of that list? Um, I don't know if there's an actual purpose, but just, just, just to go back, remember, you know what I've done and somewhat relive it. And yeah, no, I find I that fascinating. Know. It's just another interesting thing. You know, everyone's like unique, you know, in their, in what they do. So to me, this is why I do my show. Cause I think people are regular people are so interesting, you know? 
Um, there was another guy though that had one of those lists, and but he had it as like a hard copy, like in his closet. I was like, "Are you fucking out of your mind?" Like, and he was yeah. into screwing pregnant. He was a great. He was really interesting podcast. He was into no, done, screwing pregnant women. Pregnant women, yeah. Do you yeah, like I've done a couple pregnant women? Mm-hmm. And was that just like a fan, like a fetish that you got into for like some time, and you were like, "Oh, no, I want to do that." They, no, no, they just happened to be pregnant when they talked to me about Craigslist and. And you were like, okay, that's cool. You could get into that. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the? Yeah, of course. It's like anything new is probably always great, and that's what happens with sexual addiction or whatever. You know, you need more something different always, and it escalates, and it does, and that's why people eventually get to a bottom because at some point it crosses a line. Sometimes, unfortunately. But um, what about the panties thing? When did you get into you actually like wearing them? Yeah. Um, so you were asking me who I acquired stole them from. from. Yeah. Um, so, so, hey, that's that's a bad word. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, from a, f- a few a few relatives who I find attractive. I'll you know like if we go to their house for a birthday party or something like that, and I you know. Oh my god, you are so naughty. So relatives. You're not going to tell the police on me, are you? Oh my god, what are you, the police? That's <laughs> not illegal to I'm steal your kidding. cousin's panties. <laughs> you don't think that's illegal? That's illegal. I don't know. Um, no, I don't think it's. Yeah. Do you think that's illegal? Anyway, well, I don't. I better not say. But um, anyway, so sometimes, like I said, you know, I'll excuse myself to go to the bathroom, and then I'll mistakenly go into the, uh, you know, bedroom and. Typically, the panties are in the um, top or do- top drawer, so I'll slide it open real quick and grab a couple. And um, I, and so do things I shouldn't do with them. And then what do you anyway, do with so, them? Wait, well, but where I, do you put them? You know, okay, so you're at this party, so right? I'll, I'll go into the uh, yeah. So I'll go into the. I'm at the party. I go to the bathroom. I go into their bedroom. I take their panties. Go into the real bathroom, like I said I was, and then I will put the panties on and I'll go back out to the party and wear the panties during the rest of the party. Oh my God. That is awesome. So I could be at a family function. Did you say and awesome I have... or awful? Yeah, awesome. Interesting. Awesome. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating to me. Like you just never know. There's a guy standing next to you. You have five pairs of panties that he just stole from your drawer and you I have no idea. <laughs> my uncle. I mean, who knows? Like who, who would know that that goes on? It's so interesting. That's to right. Me. And that's, that, and that's part of the excitement is nobody knows that I'm doing that. So in addition to relatives, I've stolen them from, um, like I say, sometimes I meet up with somebody on Craigslist and we'll have an encounter and, you know, after we're finishing getting dressed, I'll grab the panties real quick and stick them in my pocket and, mm-hmm. and take them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I also do like, um, I've kind of like an amateur photographer. I've done like 10 or 12 photo shoots with women I've met off Craigslist and I'll ask them to bring a bunch of panties to, uh, to pose in and, inevitably one or two of those pairs end up in my pocket. Now, when you say that when you're at like the relative's house, you steal the panties and then you do stuff with them that you probably shouldn't do. Do you do stuff with them in the bathroom right after you steal them? Or do you save that for like when you get home later or someplace else? Yeah, no, I, I save it for later. Right. And you take and you've done this to like how many relatives do you find attractive that you have? You have a good yeah, looking... just just a few, just right. a few, three or four, maybe. And are they like, how old are they? It varies. I mean, they're all adults. Right. 
and they're females. They're all females? Yes. Right. Well, men typically don't wear panties, so I don't steal yeah, you're panties right. from women. Yeah, that was dumb. I should edit, <laughs> I should, should edit that out, but I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. make myself look like an <laughs> asshole because it's honest. Um, But wait, so. Well, you're making me look like an asshole, so why, why don't you look like an asshole? How am I making you look like an asshole? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I, I was, ho- I really, I never want to do that to my guests. So no, hoping- no, no, no. No, I find no, this stuff I'm, interesting, I'm, like I said. But wait, so when you take those panties home, where do you keep those? How do you keep that shit hidden? Um, I have a very good hiding place in my house that I probably should not reveal on the show. Just in case oh, no, mind. you have to reveal it. No one's going to listen. <laughs> I had one guy. Come on, listen. I had a bondage I mean, <laughs> guy that's like, oh, I shouldn't reveal where I have my whips and chains. And then he did. And it was like the yeah. dumbest place. It was like in the backseat, in his like trunk of his car. I I could help you with yeah. the place. Just tell me the place. No one's going no one's okay, going to yeah. know. <laughs> In the uh the, the the rafters of the basement where nobody would really ever look unless it was the cops coming in looking for drugs. Right. Or your house burns down or there's like a leak in uh, your faucet yeah. or something. I don't know. You never know. I figure so, if, the house bur- if the house burns down, I'm sure the panties will burn with them. So yeah, you're right. But okay. maybe not. Maybe if it's only on the top of the house, like if it because it's in the basement, right? Oh, if the top of your house burns down and it doesn't go in the basement, but yeah. the whole kitchen floor well, and per- then there's perhaps, all your panties. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. perhaps those belong to the person we bought the house from, right? That's exactly what I was just going to tell you to say. <sighs> That's your fucking out. Totally. I that's always the, have a backstory. That's you have to because you have to deny, 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 and do you know what I mean? That's what I was going to say. You could say, but how many panties do you have in that rafter? About. Um, I'm looking at my list right now. I stole them from three, four, eleven women, so probably eighteen or twenty or so. Right. And so, and you go home and like you jerk off with them, like in your house, someplace when no one's around. I do that sometimes. Sometimes I bring them to the adult bookstores and I wear them there. Um, sometimes I've taken them to, uh, you know, like when I meet with a woman to give her a massage, I'll ask her to wear them. Right. Interesting. Or when I'm doing a, a photo session, I'll ask the women to wear them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hot, kind of hot, you know, like uh, doing a photo session with a 19-year-old girl who's wearing your sister's-in-law panties that you stole them from. Oh, right. So that's what you're thinking about when you're like photographing. It's like the whole illicitness of it. And like, right, is what you're getting into. The thought of what you did, that you stole them, that's your sister-in-law, that this woman's now wearing them and soiling them. (laughs) I mean, it's like fan. It's like stuff that you see in porn. It's like people's like secret fantasies, right? That you're just like literally like living out in real life. And you must get so high from this shit. Yeah, it, it provides a rush in my life that I otherwise don't have. That I have a, you know, boring go to work, go home life. So it just kind of gives me something to look forward to. Right, right. Well, that's what addiction's all about, you know. I mean, I know. Listen, I, I for me, because I've been sober for twelve years, and I just live a very straight life. And I don't have those rushes anymore. And I find life, though, completely, like, amazing. And and I have it because I'm just, like, sort of checked in. I think, like, for you, the problem is is you're trapped in, like, a really horrible marriage. And you don't want to get out because of your kids. So you're stuck there. So basically, 
you this is like an escape for you you know but I I just feel like you know regular life isn't really that bad I think for you though it's bad because you're married to a woman that you don't like anymore but you don't want to leave her so your life is pretty miserable and this is a way for you to escape that's a good summation yes yeah Um, but I will say that if your life ever changed and you got out of that marriage and you moved on, I mean, there would be a way to find, you know, a way of living with a regular life, like a Monday life and still be okay without having to need this kind of rush in your life, you know? Um, you know, I've, I've thought about that and I, I just can't see myself ever like having a normal male, female relationship or just us and that's all we do right well listen i just had a great it's not enough for me yeah no but that's okay listen i just had a great uh i did a podcast this morning with somebody who has uh is a bisexual guy um he and he has always had women that he was oh he's always been very upfront about being bisexual uh he's let all of his women know and he has been able to live out that fantasy with women. He's had bisexual women as girlfriends for long-term girlfriends. He's very monogamous with them too. But they get to play and do all kinds of things within their relationship, right? And he's had a seven-year relationship. He's in a very long-term. And he has a very normal relationship with these women. But he gets to do everything that he wants to do sexually with these women. So um, yeah. it is it is I would, possible. I, I would totally love it if my wife would do that stuff with me. But... There's just, she's just totally not. Well, listen, yeah. And listen, your thing too, though, a lot of women are not going to be going as extreme as you are. But I have a feeling that if you weren't in your miserable marriage, maybe you were in a different relationship where you were able to be a little bit more of who you are sexually and you had a woman that was into the kinds of stuff you were into sexually, maybe you wouldn't have to go so extreme. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, like I said, I've, I've met with numerous couples who, you know, have that relationship where they're both happy playing with others, that they want to stay together and all that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I forgot. You're like always with, with couples like that. So, you know, yeah, I've talked to a bunch of them here on my show, so I know too, but right. You actually have fooled around with these people. So you know that it exists for you though. That's not anywhere in your, there's like no way that's going to happen anytime soon. Like, and you know, I mean, do you plan on ever divorcing your wife, or at this point, do you just plan on staying with her for just, forever? Just kind of hoping she dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's not, well, that's not going on the air, right? Yes, that is. That's awesome. <laughs> I think it's very honest. I, you know, I used to have a friend. And he was so passive in his life. Like, I just never understood. And he'd always be dating a girl and dating her for, like, five years. And he'd always be like, I fucking hate her. And I'd be like, well, why are you with her? Like, I just can't break up with her. And I'd be like, so what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. I just, like, hope she gets ran. Can't she get ran over for a bus? Like, he would literally just, he was so powerless in his own <laughs> life to do anything. He would never want to break up with someone that he would just hope that they, like, would die because he just wanted them out of his life. He was so miserable. So I've totally I, I hear heard you, buddy. I hear you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm an avid Dateline watcher. So, I, you know, thank God you're like a nice guy. and You're not like, you know, your wife's not chopped up in the woods someplace because I think there's a lot of guys that feel like you and they want her dad and they go about doing that. Do you understand? Like, I mean, I can't I just I'm so mesmerized by how many guys are out there like killing their wives. It's like, why don't you just divorce her? Like, why is it that bad? I think that well, something I has to change. How that, 
I'm amazed at how many guys kill their wives and get caught. I mean, yeah, I know they're come so on, dumb. guys. It's I not know. that hard to do it and get away with it. Come on. Not really, though, because listen, not. No, I think it's easier to kill a stranger. Okay, like in the middle of yeah. nowhere. But when you kill your wife, they always look at the husband first. So unless you're going to kill yourself right after or you're going to you're going to go live on a deserted island somewhere, I don't think it's actually easy to kill your wife and get away with it. I think it's the well, stupidest just, fucking you thing you could to, do. See, I, I'm not trying to kill my wife and I'm not advocating that. I'm yeah. just saying if you're going to do it. Yeah. First of all, make sure the body is never found because that's right. the number one piece of evidence. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let, let's talk about something else. Wait, and number wife. two, I would say don't have uh, forty-two pairs of panties in your in your in the rafter in your basement oh, I, too. <laughs> I said it's like twenty. That's not forty twenty. It's the same shit. <laughs> I didn't say three hundred. Okay, uh, I didn't exaggerate that much. But anyway, yeah, like thank God you're not. I mean, so listen, I think it's a very natural human being emotion to feel like oh my god I just wish she died I I think it's bullshit though because I am a I'm somebody that like I just feel like life's very short you know and I would just if you were like my really good friend I'd be I just want you to sort of make your life better and I would I would I would tell you that you like have the you can divorce her eventually, okay? Like, maybe I not know, with I your know. kids. Like, maybe Wait you could say when your kids are, up, yeah. yeah, 16, 17. How old are your kids right now? Um, teenaged. Right. So you're only, like, I mean, once they go off to college. Getting close, yeah. Yeah, we got five, or, five more years or so, and then we're good. Yeah, and isn't that a better solution than her having to die? And then maybe when you get away from her, and you guys like you won't like hate her so much, you know, and like it won't be. So I think that maybe you should look, to, you know, think about that instead. I just think that you're not so powerless in your life as you think that you are. Like you can divorce her, you can leave her. She doesn't have to die. It's, do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's other solutions, okay? Um, but with okay. your and you only have a cut and then, then that would mean like you could be doing all these things as a single person or maybe in a relationship with this, you know, with a swinging partner or something. And, and it would all be OK, you know, but maybe that wouldn't even be fun for you. Like maybe a, a part of all of this and a lot of it that gets you off is the fact that it is all a secret. Do you think you'd right. be as into it if it was like straight up? OK, I think you probably would. Right somewhat but maybe not as much right and you say that you're also a porn addict and you're a compulsive masturbator and sometimes you masturbate four or five hours straight correct where do you do that are you like i mean where do you have the four or five hours are you at home like where's your wife when that's going on are you traveling for business like no um typically when she's at work right and then you're home like when you guys have different hours of work right and what do you do? Like, how do you master me for four or five hours? Are you coming that whole time or are you just waiting to no, come? No, no, no. Yeah, they call it edging. It's not, yeah, waiting, edging. Mm-hmm. I knew a guy, I dated a guy who would like sex with me for hours and hours. And sometimes then, I, you know, I sometimes I would uh, look at the time because he was, I wasn't sex. I was like, I put up boundaries with him and I wasn't interested anymore, but he would just push me for hours and hours and hours. And I would look at the time sometimes and be like, Oh my God, he's been like horny for four hours. Like who does that? But I guess (laughs) it's like a thing with certain guys. I mean, I always thought that this guy was a sex addict too. I I know that he was. So I think it's like a thing because what that is, is you're just checking out a reality. It's no different than some guy that just goes out and drinks a lot after work, you know? Right. 
Because for that four hours, you're on an, you're in another place. You're not in reality. You're not in that place where you have like you're stuck in this miserable marriage. You hate your boring life. You know, you're like someplace else. Exactly. So that takes up a lot of your time. Yep. And it feels really good, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So what's like at this point? What's the the downside? <laughs> Is there any downside for you? Um. I mean, just being in a miserable marriage, otherwise I'm cool. Right. Otherwise you're having a lot of fun. But let me ask you this, because I, the All way right. I always felt like when I was like in the middle of my addiction and I was like a big drinker and everything, like I always felt like I was chasing the dragon, you know, it was always like every now and then you'd have like a really great time or like you would get with that perfect high that you were looking for. But most of the time it was like chasing after that. And most of the time you didn't get it. So there was a lot of sort of not aggravation, yeah, there, but like, you know, a lot of. Yeah, that chasing the dragon. There's a lot of frustration. Yeah, yeah the, there's a lot of right. frustration in the waiting and mm-hmm. and the expecting. It, in and the then, end, it's all worth it to me. Right, because when you get that one time that it is really great, right? That's when it's like amazing, and then that's what you go on the search for, and it's very time consuming, and it's doing, it's serving its purpose, which is it's taking you out of your regular life. So it is. Right. It's something that's like functioning in your life for a reason, right? But I think that that's right. the downside to addiction is that chasing the dragon sort of aspect of it, you know? On a certain level, nothing is ever enough. You Every now and then, you do have moments of con- contentment, but most of the time, you're wanting more and needing more. So there's a lot of that as well, right? Right. Which could suck. But, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't think that you're... A lot of times, I place ads online um, at looking for people that are, have like issues that they want to talk about or secret lives. And then they write to me and say, Hey, I want to be on your show. I have this problem. And so those people are really looking for like, sort of, you know, they're maybe at that point closer to like a bottom where they really want to change, you know, and they're just kind of lost, you know? Um, but when I typically reach out to people the other way, it's just like for you, it's just a really interesting call because you're just living this like very, secret lifestyle and then but I I get the sense that you know you like I said you're not you probably won't have a bottom anytime soon I think at this point you're still at a place where this is working for you and you're having a good time oh like I told you in my email it could could come crashing down any day and I realize that you do, but yeah, but you know that that's that same part of you that likes to steal panties and say send me pictures of you fucking some girl like you you like that aspect of always having that thing there you know you just don't know you know that's what makes it kind of dangerous right 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 I think that there's a time in every addict's life where they start to really it starts to not be good anymore and then you start to feel sort of helpless and then you start to really feel like oh it could if you really believed a bottom could happen or shit could all come down that would scare the fuck out of you because that would change your life you know I think now that thought is just like the thought of like, you know, you just like to know that that kind of, it's like that danger thing that you kind of look for and that you kind of get into. You're like, it's like that adrenaline junkie addict thing. It's not bad. I get it. I'm built the same way. I totally understand that kind of shit. I do my show because I think it's so interesting that like, you know, people do this kind of stuff and I get tons of calls from people. You're not the the first guy that's been this extreme that has done all this stuff. I'm always amazed because I find out new things on these calls. Like to me, I never, I mean, the, the, the stealing of the panties thing was really great. 
I knew another guy who liked to get them and receive them from women. And he was really into that. Um, but not one who was like stealing them and stuff. But I'm sure, okay, there's a other, there's plenty of guys out there that are doing it and could totally relate and totally are into that as a fetish as well. Right. You know? I mean, you know, it's just, what do you think you're going to escalate to next? Like, what's left that you're maybe thinking of doing <laughs> that you haven't done anything? I don't know. I mean, I'm always thinking, but you never know what's going to happen next. Right, and that must be exciting. Yes? That's a, yeah. that's a question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay, Ken. Listen, I keep my calls typically about like an hour. We're at 56 minutes, so it's perfect. Like this is like a wrap-up. Like I find the stuff that you do fascinating. If you ever have your bottom anytime soon or discover a new really interesting fetish, I'd love to have you back on the show. I always have repeat callers. People love to hear these stories. Uh, my listeners find it as interesting as I do. Um, I think you probably have a million more stories you could tell me. Um, so Yeah, I, I barely touched my list, but that's okay. No. What's, yeah. What do you mean you barely touched your list of stuff that you've done? I feel like I tried to keep... <laughs> right. About, no, you, you've covered a lot. Yeah, you've covered a lot. I just, yeah. But you have just 346 more to talk about, right? <laughs> oh, like 335 maybe. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> but what was, your, what was your best or what was your worst scenario that you were ever involved in? Well, as far as worst goes, I mean, I've had a few close calls where I almost, you know, got busted or arrested. You know, one time I, like, was meeting a girl mm -hmm. um, in a hotel parking lot and I was going to do stuff with her for money and you know she sent me pictures of her and I met her in the parking lot and she didn't look anything like the pictures and like you know I gave her the money and then I thought you know like wait a minute I don't want to be with you because you're not who you said you were so I took the money back from her and then she you know protested and I jumped in my car and drove off and I thought that was it but right. then a few minutes later a few minutes later, I saw her in a car with a very large gentleman who was oh shit, very angry with me. So mm -hmm. I engaged in a uh, high-speed uh, getaway and oh drove to a God. police station before they finally backed off. And so that was kind of scary. And but what did you do? You just did you just pull into the police station? That was smart. Like you didn't get out of your car and go into the station, right? You just pulled in in your car, yeah. and they were that was that was actually right. smart. And, that was enough to get them off the trail. Yeah, when they realized it was the police station, they're like, "Okay, we better not pursue this any further." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thinking on your part. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other one? Um, you've, you've almost been caught a bunch of times. Several times. Um, like one time I um, did a photo session with a, a lady. You know, I was taking picture of, pictures of her and um, during the photo session, um, there was a bang on her door and it was the police and DFS and they were there because apparently she had left her uh, child home alone the day before or something like that. Oh my God. So that was kind of scary. You know, that, and what happened I mean, when they came in? I mean, we weren't technically doing anything illegal, but, you know, she was, you know, I gave her money and alcohol to, to pose for me. And, right. 
you know, it's kind of intimidating for a bunch of cops to be banging on the door when you're doing something like that. She's naked and I'm taking pictures of her. And and what happened when they so came in? I just gathered all my stuff and said, I'm not really involved in what she did yesterday. I'm going to go ahead and take off. And oh, my God. Luckily, they didn't, they didn't really ask what we were doing together. Yeah, that's crazy. Did you get your money back or she kept kept the dough? <laughs> I don't know. She she kept the money and I got the pictures I wanted, so that was, that's fine. What do you do with the, the pic- session? What do you do with the pictures that you take of these women? Um, I just like to kind of use Photoshop to edit them and make them look nice and play with myself while I look, look at them. Right, but you you obviously probably have all those saved someplace on your in your Gmail account too. Oh no no! I have a an external hard drive that has thousands, hundreds of thousands of pictures of. Where that is I've that? Taken. I have a friend who got. That's how he got busted. Uh, that he. Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was found by his wife. Everything yeah. like crazy, and he was <sighs> like, you know, going to Brazil on like sex vacations, like, and he had had all that. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that unfortunately gets you eventually busted. You know, that sort of. Uh, yeah. Because you're basically just like keeping it all logged on. Like, here's all the information, you know, in one spot for somebody to find one day. Where do you hide that? Um. I keep it on my, I mean, there's a way you can kind of hide the files inside okay. other files right. where pretty much nobody will find it unless they're really looking really hard and the person I'm with is not that computer literate, so. Right. Let me ask you this. Have you gotten to the point? Because unfortunately, what happens a lot of times with sex addicts, why they get busted is because they start to get into like illegal things you know, sexually, sexual, illegal, thing. you know, and sometimes that's what happens because you need more and more, you know, to get that rush. Like, have you had any kind of fantasies for anything that you consider would be like illegal or really wrong, but you can't help but think about it? Yes. And what are those things? <laughs> no, but like for what is like what is specifically? No, I can't think of anything right now. OK, you don't have to. <laughs> I'll delete that out so it doesn't, you know, it's not a big deal. Wait, are we taping right now? We're taping the whole fucking time. You didn't fucking tell me that? Oh, come on. I thought this was the pre-interview. Yeah, come on. Didn't I tell you in my email? I don't pre-interview anyone. I like, that's how I get my contact. My contact. Oh, I, the less I know, no, see, the better. I'm just kidding. See, see, part of my, part of, I'm not the best looking dude in the world, but part of my, the way I, get together with women is my humor because you know even i mean women one of the things they look for is humor to me right I mean, totally one of the top things. yeah mm-hmm. am i right 100 so that's my one that's my one skill is humor right that's Sarcasm. your calling card yeah listen girl women don't care as much about looks with men as compared to men with women you know women care more about like personality confidence cockiness humor like you said it's a totally like a vibe that the power that a man has you know it's a totally different thing um as far as how women get attracted to men what they get attracted for you know and the good thing that's the way that it is because most men are fucking ugly i mean you don't see a lot of good looking guys a lot of guys are not that attractive like more guys are unattractive like i think you see a lot of attractive women but i think you see a lot less attractive men just the way that it goes so it hurts what 
I said that hurts. It's just the truth. You, hey, listen, on a scale of one to ten, I always ask my callers. I forgot to ask you this. I'm doing it at the end of the call instead of the beginning. What would you rate yourself on a scale of one to ten? Um, looks wise, I would say I'm a six point six seven. Mm-hmm. Um. Overall, nice guy. I'm like a nine point two. Mm-hmm. I'm like a really nice guy. Right. I'm, aside from being a sleazebag, I'm a really nice guy. Funny. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Intelligent, fairly intelligent. You know, mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. gentleman. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I like to say I'm not a stud, but I'm not a dud. Right. Totally. Yeah, but that's fine. That's middle of the road. That's average. That's like a regular guy. You know. And if you have that good sense of humor and you're really nice, like, do you keep like ongoing relationships? Have you had any like ongoing relationships with any of these women or is it strictly only just for sex? Have you had any emotional relationships with any of these other women? No, there's, there's been a few that I've met with more than once, just like two or three times. But for the most part, it's, I mean, for the most part, it's just a one time thing. Right. Yeah. One time move on to the next. Because they're not looking for more than that. And I'm not, not looking for more than that. Right. You're just always looking for a new hot experience, though, for sure. Correct. Right. And it's probably better for you to have somebody new as opposed to the same person. Yes. Right. That's and because you keep that list. You're at 346. So what was so now the last thing before we go, like, what was your worst experience? Oh, no, we knew the worst. What was your hottest? Do you have one of the like? Is there just one, or is there like too many to 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 you know talk about? Like, what was your hottest experience in all of this cheating that you've done? Um, I've had a lot, probably, but um, the one that I guess sticks out in my mind the most is I I posted an ad on Craigslist for to seeking a model to pose for me mm-hmm. and. I got a response from a 19-year-old, very attractive blonde, and so we met at a hotel, and, you know, I took pictures of her for, like, an hour and a half or so, and got a nice hotel room with a um, a jacuzzi hot tub, Mm -hmm. made some real good, real nice images, and then typically when I do a, a photo session like that, I'll ask, at the very end, I'll ask, you know, like, a give them the money for posing for me and I'll say like is there anything else you'd like to do just kind of throwing out an open-ended question to see if they're open to anything else for cash and sometimes I do sometimes I don't but anyway this this young lady she was open to making more cash so um she agreed to let me give her a massage without a while and we did that and then she wait quick question me, uh, how much do you pay them for the pictures um, typically around like 100 or 150 for like hour and a half or two. Are they nude or are they whatever they sort of prefer? Like, is it up to them what they wear or do you tell them what to wear? Are they in like, what's the deal with um, that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost always nude. I mean, it doesn't start out as nude. It start out, starts out as clothed and uh-huh. then we go down to bra and panties and then bikinis and then we get nude. Mm-hmm. So. And then, so you could tell whether anyway. a girl's attracted to you or not, or if she's getting turned on during the process. Well, not necessarily turned, not necessarily turned on by me, but turned on by the money, maybe. Yeah, or the experience. Uh huh. 
Or just like yeah. you when you're anyway. thinking about it. Like it could just be the same thing for her. Like here I am with a strange guy and he's taking pictures and I'm naked. Like that could just, it's like the scenario, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, this girl was totally normal. She was a very nice girl. She was mm-hmm. in school to be a paramedic. She was, you know, totally. So she normal. took the extra she money to do the hot oil she had massage. A right. Yeah. Okay. So, so now you and were then, massaging and, her. Yeah. And, so typically when I'm massaging a, a woman, you know, nude, we're both nude, there's oil all over her body, and sometimes, you know, when, I'm, when she's on her stomach and I'm, you know, straddling her, sometimes my my member will kind of slide down into her, and sometimes they're okay with that, and she was, and then I asked her if she could give me a blowjob if I picked a little more, and she said yes. And then I asked her if I could videotape it, and she was cool with that. So that's what we did. Right. And so that was, like, the hottest experience because she was really hot. She was really normal. She was extremely normal. Do you want me to send you a picture? No, that's cool. I like to be anonymous. <laughs> no, you don't have to send me pictures. Um, so she was really, she was really hot, and she was really normal, and it just it was very organic, that experience with her. Right. She's, I mean, she's a very sweet girl, but she, you could tell that in that moment she was doing something out of the norm for her. And mm-hmm. And did you just have oral me. sex with her? Um, well, I, when I was giving it on the side, I, I split myself into her a little bit. Right. And she was okay with that. And then. And then she blew you and you took that and that's how, and then did you do anything to her to make her come or did she just do that for you? Um, she just did that for me. I mean, I, I, I typically assume that they don't, they're not really wanting me to do anything to them. I mean, if they ask me to, I will, but I assume they're just usually after it for the money and I'm cool with that. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, and that, and that was like the, and the greatest, that was like the hottest experience. That was one of the top 10. Yeah. Right. Nice. And you remember what number is she on the list? Do you know? <laughs> Uh, she's probably in the late 200s or so. Interesting. And let me ago. ask you, the last yeah. question I want to ask you, the, how do you break it down if you were to count like the women from the men out of that 300 and whatever you have? How many of those were men and how many around or women? I would say it's actually close to half and half. Interesting. So about 200 men, 200 women you've been with. And with the men, it's right. always, you've never had any kind of penetration or anything. You know, it's always been oral sex with the men 200 times. I, ac- I um, if you can believe this, I accidentally um, had <laughs> anal sex with a couple men. <laughs> no, I, I could believe it because, because you do a lot of stuff drunk and you're in these like sort of scenarios. Yeah, you know, you, like in a, like if you're in a glory hole atmosphere and you... You know, you stick your thing through the hole and sometimes you don't, you're intoxicated and you don't realize that you're actually putting it into one hole than the other. Right. That you're in an asshole instead of a mouth. Right. And I, and when I do realize that I withdraw as quickly as possible because I'm not into that. Right. Right. But so it's happened a couple of times, but you've never gotten off by that. And you, whenever it happens, you stop it immediately. it has. Has no interest. I have no interest in it. Right, and you have no interest in anyone like screwing you in the ass either. Absolutely not. No. Right. Interesting. Okay, Ken. I'm well, not even, I'm, yeah. I'm not even into that with women. I, I, it doesn't appeal to me with women either. 
Right, right, right. So you're not, that's not your thing at all. No. Okay, Ken. So you are like, like, like I said, filled with like d- d- really interesting stories. You could probably give me like 10,000 more or 320 more. Um, and I'd love to hear those stories. So I'd love to have you back on. I have repeat callers all the time. Um, okay. I'm sure if you checked out my podcast, you'll see. So if anything, like I said, if any new fetish happens, if you almost get caught, if you do get caught, if something good happens, something bad happens, or you just like have some more stories that you want to be back on, I'd love to have you back on because this is like interesting shit. Absolutely. Like I said in my email, I think if, if I ever get caught, I'll, if I can move in with you, if that's not much of a problem. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I just got to hide my panties. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that'd probably be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. I enjoy talking to you. Good luck. And please do, please be careful with the drugs. I'm really telling you. And try to use the condoms. That's the only thing. Like I said, normally I like to try to change people and help people with their problems. And I think this is a problem for you. And I, I, I wish you were at the point where you sort of wanted help and were changed, but you're totally not in that. So I'm not going to waste my time talking to you like that. But so all the only help I would give you now is to say, use more condoms and don't do, try to (laughs) hold back on doing your drugs when you're drinking. And, 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 you know, have a good time and we'll, we'll talk about all this stuff again in the next time. Okay. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for calling in. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Ken. Bye. Bye.